one of, if not the greatest invention in the history of mankind is language. Think about how you would buy groceries, work, or even have romantic relationships without utilizing language. With something of such significance, why have we not mastered the art of communication as a species by now? The more I delve into this subject, the more I also realize the importance subtle energy plays in the effectiveness of communicating. For me, the importance lies in the intention. When I communicate, my goal is to get the message to the other person in the most efficient way. And I wasn't always this aware, but this philosophy has brought this awareness to me. So if the other person needs to be communicated with by not saying or saying certain words, why would I not want to accommodate that to get the message across? Who am I to judge, knowing that I, of course, have my own preferences in how others communicate with me as well? And since we are on this subject, communicating how much you enjoy this podcast to other thirsty souls is imperative for the expansion of this information. A like, share, or even a review makes a tremendous impact in communicating to others that you value the wisdom spoken here. And of course, if you want to take the next step in supporting our podcast, you can also join our patron membership, which gains you access to our behind-the-scenes and exclusive content in exchange for a $5 monetary donation. If interested, head over to wise-wise.com slash patron. That's W-I-S-E-W-H-Y-S dot com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So for those of you struggling in communication, it's either because we might be in a Mercury retrograde or you haven't heard this episode yet. So let's close our mouths and open our minds as we hear the wisdom we are trying to find with Alexander right now. Let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility Alexander recently I was chatting with one of our listeners and I mentioned that you and I were going to have a conversation to discuss how we're going to you know try to really ramp up the efforts and take the podcast to the next level. And she actually asked me a very interesting question. She said, Mm -hmm. what does a conversation between you and Alexander actually look like when it's like consciously done? Mm. And I was like, wow, that's a really good question. First of all, because she was giving me credit that like I would (laughs) be able to have like a conscious conversation Mm -hmm. all the time, which, you know, I've been working on. Sure. Um, But it was a really good question and I didn't really know how to respond to it. And, you know, I kind of was like, oh, you know, could we re- like try to like record like a fake conversation or what? But I figured, you know, why don't we make it an episode and, sure. and discuss what true conscious communication looks like? What are things that people need to watch out for or keep themselves in, in mind of and and try to really 
grow their relationships through communication. Yeah. And well, you know, so we're going to cover some uh, conscious communication techniques and, you know, just kind of what a conscious conversation may look like. And where I want to start is this is one of the, the biggest points of the emotional responsibility and accountability, one of the five pillars. And knowing and accepting that when we allow our emotions to be activated, then we remove ourselves from consciousness. And I would like to make the suggestion or the question of if one can truly be conscious and in emotional reaction simultaneously. I haven't seen that to be the case myself. Now, we are human beings that were designed with these emotions. So, you know, it's an important aspect to to be known that we were designed to go through these emotions. And the this work, the Wise Wise podcast talks about, the just philosophy, is all about learning to manage your emotions, very similar to children. And I like to suggest that everything that we need to know about consciousness is exemplified and taught through raising children. And our emotions are very similar to adolescent children. And how we talk to and train the emotions is very similar to how we ideally talk to and work with children. And so taking that responsibility that, once again, as an adult working on yourself, you accept that no one can make you mad, no one can make you sad. You take on the responsibility that, no, I carry the power And I'm going to take that power away from everyone externally because I can recognize that if someone is creating a negative emotional reaction in me, it's showing me that I'm carrying that emotional baggage from my past and that I truly don't want to take that out on anyone that I love through an emotional reaction, certainly. So one of the very first steps of what I call conscious communication is realizing that You need to stay out of your emotions while you're communicating because when the emotions come in, it brings in a filter. It colors everything that you say and it colors everything that you hear. And so I like to suggest as soon as emotions interact, conscious communication is no longer happening. It's better to, to bring the conversation to an end as loving as possible, as soon as possible, and then get back together once the emotions have been processed by one or both people. And this will keep people from saying things or doing things that later they regret. Because when that emotion comes up, it's very challenging to hold back. That's why you want to recognize it as soon as it starts to show so that you can make an adjustment. And another big part of conscious communication or conscious conversations is not trying to prove a point. And I just call it respect. You know, to to be willing to allow someone, even with a different view than you, to speak their truth and to acknowledge that. Maybe by even saying, I understand that that is your truth and I can tell that you're passionate about that. So just because I don't agree with that does not mean that I'm saying that you're wrong. Because if you will visualize having a conversation with a three to five, maybe seven-year-old, five to seven-year-old, you know, you're going to ideally... You're going to be aware of your energy. You're going to be aware of uh, being patient. You're going to be more aware of your words because if you talk over the child's head, then you're not getting through to them. So I love watching how people will adapt instantly for children. But 
not be willing to adapt in a similar way with their mate or with their children that are, are grown or with people that they work with. So see, the thing is, is that we have it innately in us. And many of us will do it with elderly and with children. But I'm just suggesting to take a look at that and be willing to do that with your comrades around your same age group and social settings. So what do you think it is that people aren't willing to do that with adults, especially ones that they're in a romantic relationship with, or uh, family? Right off. Ding, ding, ding. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Because when we open up ourselves to be vulnerable, then those triggers are more sensitive. And most people carry surface-level relationships that doesn't test those sensitivities. And so because they don't invest very deeply in the person or the relationship, what that person says or questions them about doesn't have as drastic of effect. And this is unfortunately why we seem to hurt the people that we love the most. And many people, unfortunately, take their issues from work out with their mates at home because they feel like they won't leave. And we've been trained at our jobs that you don't uh, necessarily speak your truth in those arenas or you will lose your livelihood. So many people will hold it back and then it becomes, it can become an explosion down the road. So uh, that's why processing these emotions are very, very important. And when emotions come in during a conversation, I think, what, what I've noticed is that it will take me off my intention. So I think it's really important if you want to consciously communicate to create an intention, or at least this is what I do, yes. of like what I'm trying to communicate with this person and then always try to keep that awareness because once it starts going off, it's so easy to like, you know, take that side road with that person, you know, if they're the one getting triggered or because of something you said. Sure. So so maybe you could speak to how important intentions are when communicating. Yes. And uh, I think that's a great point to bring up. And, you know, most conversations are going to be more successful if the intention of the subject matter is understood by both parties. Uh, but especially if, um, you know, anyone listening to this, just work with that on your end. You can't always get somebody else to be as intentional as you are. But the other thing that I wanted to mention is the way that people communicate uh, actually with uh, their words. And this is, you know, we're bringing in a little bit of like a person's design. And you, you people hear us talking about the human design and the destiny card system. So, you know, your birthday does play a big role in how you communicate. And some people want to use a lot of words to communicate and they have a strong throat chakra and they need to talk about it a lot. And then some people don't have the throat chakra activated, such as myself, and really prefer to use as few words as possible. But when I'm talking to a manifesting generator or a manifester or somebody with the throat chakra or the mind center activated, I'm aware of that. And so I accept that they're going to, want to talk more than I necessarily do and uh, cater to that. Because once again, if you're interested in communicating, you're interested in how the other person or I'll say if you're interested in consciously communicating, then you're interested in how the other person receives, not in how you want to give it. But if you're truly wanting to consciously communicate, you communicate in the way that the person can can hear you, can can absorb it. And those are different. They're, they're different for different people. Sometimes, such as myself, I, as I begin talking about what I intended to talk about, there can be many other variables that 
get brought in, that I want to bring into the picture to show a much bigger picture of something maybe I've observed over three weeks or three months or something. And for some people, not that that's better than them, but for some people, that is too much information that is making the picture, you know, too big. And your profile numbers in your human design uh, outline, you know, helps that to be understood as well. Um, so, so paying attention to the amount of verbiage that someone is comfortable with is very important. And, and like eating and knowing how to eat right, that really you should leave the table when you're still hungry because it takes like 20 minutes for the message to get to the mind. And very few people in our culture do that. But the people that do do that, I feel, have healthier digestion. And it's the same in communicating with another person, is that if you leave before you oversaturate them, you're more likely to uh, get their interest again. And I know that I've been guilty in the past of giving too much information once somebody opens or or really asks like a deep question because I want this big picture to be seen. But sometimes I need to remember to hone that down and just give the picture that the person is looking for and then expand on that later. So this is all a dance that you're constantly doing. And, you know, over 15 years ago, I started getting interested in what I call conscious communication. And that was when I started shifting the way that I communicated with people and focusing on how they're looking to communicate rather than just how I want to communicate. So let's say in a conversation that the other person maybe has an emotional reaction. How should we diffuse that in the moment? Okay. This is very important because how one handles getting in and out of these conversations really determines um, like how often they'll have that kind of connection with that person. And remember that people, once there is a reaction, the best thing to do is to handle it similar to a kid that throws a temper tantrum. The less attention you give it, the less, the less you feed it, the quicker it is to dissipate. So one phrase that I like to use or suggest to people is, you know what, maybe you're right. I'll look at that a little bit deeper. Can we talk about this again tomorrow, next time we get together, next week? Because I really want to enjoy our time together. So, you know, you have to choose whether having a good time and enjoying that person is more important than rectifying the so-called issue or the conversation. And sometimes it may be, sometimes it may not be. But once again, if you're clearing your intention going into that conversation or always questioning your intention as the conversation is going on, hey, am I starting to feel that I'm being defensive? Am I starting to feel like I need to prove my point? then those are all signs to start backing out of that conversation for your own well-being, not to just cater to somebody else. So once that emotion, we'll call it a negative emotion, is created, maybe over something that is misconstrued or misunderstood, most people are looking to be heard. So however you can get it across that you are truly listening to them and that they are heard is very important to neutralize the situation. And don't focus on the fact that you don't agree or that you disagree too harshly, 
But it is fine from my perspective to speak your truth and let them know that you're accepting their truth, but you're not necessarily disagreeing with it. And that, but that's okay. That you don't need that right now. And what that gives most people is room to a be accepted, but then almost stumble because they were expecting uh, pushback. And anytime you don't give pushback, it confuses that person that is reacting emotionally. And then if you can go even to the next level that I like to call like a love warrior, you know, you can actually say, is there anything that I can get you to drink? Is there anything I can get for you? Do you need some time alone? You can actually make the suggestions to help that person feel more comfortable. And that's very, very loving. But if you're the one that's going through the emotional reaction, then that many times is much harder to put in check. And, you know, ways to realize that is sweaty palms are starting to sweat or your heart rate is starting to pick up or tenseness in your shoulder blades or between your neck. All of those are signs that, hey, you're carrying too much. You're pushing and you're going to get pushed back. So whether it's recognizing the emotional reaction in the other person or in yourself, it shouldn't come across as a judgment, but hopefully these situations can be kind of trained that if you're working with somebody that's really looking to grow this communication, you know, you make this agreement. Hey, can we agree to not continue talking as soon as emotions come in? If you can have that agreement with somebody, then that's an easy in and out. Hey, emotions are here. We've agreed. You know, if you're just talking to somebody, a stranger or somebody that you associate with, see, then you have to take on full responsibility. You can't expect that they're going to do uh, any of this work for you or with you. So it's all about self-regulation. And as soon as you start feeling, for me, I happen to suggest that everyone has a starting point of these emotional reactions. Mine happens to be in my upper, upper abdomen, in my third chakra. And if you're not sure, sure where this is, pay attention to when you're in an elevator that drops or on a roller coaster. There's a sensation that happens somewhere on your body when you uh, lose gravity. And it's an oh, 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 uh, tenseness that comes in. And like I said, mine is, is right there in the top of my abdomen. And then I realized over time that that is where every emotional reaction originates. And so I, I trained, worked with training myself to pay attention to that area of my body. And as soon as I started feeling any tenseness in that area, I need to make an adjustment in this conversation or start working towards stopping this conversation or redirecting it. And that is the, the fail-safe because that emotional reaction can happen so fast that most people don't even know where it starts in them. And so knowing that part of yourself is going to help you with those that are out there not interested in doing this type of communication work, but you can still uh, make your conversations so much more effective and less of a cost on you by learning to regulate just basically how much you're giving by how much the other person is receiving. And to remember that it doesn't really matter how much you want to give. You can only fill a pot up as much as it can hold. It doesn't matter how much you want to put, how much water or wine you want to put in that pot. <laughs> you can stay as upset about it as you want, and people are very similar. You can want them to absorb information, but they can only absorb what they can absorb. And... 
We need to keep our frustration, our disappointment, all those types of judgments out of it and just learn to be able to speak your truth and allow other people to speak their truth. It doesn't have to turn into a debate or an argument. We can always agree to discuss it later, maybe after pondering each other's points of view. And that's another great way to get out of it. Man, that's a really interesting point of view that you bring up there. I want to look at that a little bit deeper. Can we talk about this again in a week or so? See, that's how to dissipate an awkward situation in the moment. You still show interest. And then you actually set up a date at some particular point. And that conversation may or may not happen, but it's great when it can. And you can actually say, you know, I earnestly went into the way that you looked at it or the way I perceived you looked at it. And then I've got some questions. This can be beautiful sharing. That's nothing negative or judgmental. And those two people can still walk away with a very different way of looking at things. But they were able to consciously communicate it with another human being. And that's a beautiful exchange of energy. So, you know, consciousness isn't just about agreeing. It's just about not reacting and being accepting and loving. And respect. And respect. And holding that vibration, that high vibration that all of those aspects create. And so no matter what interaction you get in, that you're able to regulate yourself because really you don't want to give away the goodness. That's the thing. I mean, get yourself, you know, I like to suggest people to meditate or be still first thing in the morning and get in your vibration and then go out there in the world and see what takes away your vibration. That's how you learn what is draining my energy here. Who's draining my energy? Who's affecting me? We can help you understand that by doing a human design in your cards and through a reading. We can we can bring so much information. Or you can start off by just getting centered every day and then going out into the world and checking in about every two hours on your center or constantly and going, whoa, that interaction with that person just dropped my energy field. That's not the other person's fault. They're, they're the teacher, as is one of the other pillars that... You have the right to choose that everyone and every situation is your teacher, or you can choose not. It doesn't mean that it definitely is. There just happens, to, from my perspective, to be something to learn in every interaction with any uh, living thing out there in the world, whether that's a tree or an animal or another human being. If you're looking for the messages, they'll be there. If you're not, they're not. If you're looking to prove that they're not there, you can prove that. If you're looking to prove that they are there, you can prove that. So one of the most beautiful and damaging skills we were given was justification. And that's why I happen to feel that, you know, it really takes a tribe because we need to be able to go to people that we trust when making major decisions and be able to ask them, hey, am I seeing this clearly? And when you've built a, a tribe of people around you that you can trust at that level, uh, we're getting into the, the higher levels of love and what this human experience has to offer. So all of us can experience that at different levels. But, you know, conscious is one of the main aspects of conscious communication is truly having uh, that, that interest in how can I say this? How can I deliver this in a way that will be received? And then being willing to alter your way that you're delivering See, once again, this is different from catering. Catering normally comes out of fear. This is that you're actually feeding your energy field because you're happy to do it, because you want them to understand what you have to say. 
and expecting other people to learn your language is um, a little bit much of an expectation. So a trust has to be developed, and then they will ask more about your way of communicating. And this is the beautiful blend of any two people or more coming together. Um, so, so I'm really hoping that some of this is is striking a chord with some of the listeners out here because it does take practice like anything else. And uh, most of us have plenty of A, sensitivities, and B, plenty of people to play those roles, to activate those sensitivities, to give us opportunities to practice this work. But uh, understand that I happen to feel conscious communication is about 75% energy transference and 25% words. But everybody is reacting to the words. And so my hope down the road is that people truly pay more attention to intention then they do words because it's really more important what the person means that they say or trying to convey than the word selection that they chose. And so much conscious communication breaks down just over choice of words. And if we don't know some of these other variables like um, childhood traumas or past relationships and the way that they went, we have no idea of the group of words that can set someone off. And so being impeccable with your word is very, very important. And I'm a fan of the four agreements, the five agreements, actually. But And that's one of them. But anyone looking to be offended will find something to be offended by. And so I choose not to have expectations on people. Therefore, I accept that no one can disappoint me. And that's something I would like to suggest to others, that if you're disappointed in somebody, you had an expectation once again, that's your responsibility. Allow people to be who they are. And that's another big point of conscious communication is that you're truly accepting and not carrying a preference of who this person is or how they're going to see something. Now, I do suggest to anyone that you have a lot of differences in communication, then you may want to regulate the amount of time that you're around them. Because don't just keep putting yourself in awkward situations just to do it. Because you should be able to learn what you need to learn from an interaction with another person. And then once that, that lesson is learned, they stop bringing that lesson to you. So beauty of conscious communication is it can help you to realize some of your triggers. And in that, you can see everybody as your teacher and take all of the gasoline off the fire and all the fires that get ignited will dissipate very quickly. So this is one of the higher forms of love from my perspective is to communicate in the way that people will receive rather than the way that you just want to give it. So I love the idea of asking, you know, in the moment when, when either one is emotional to take a step back and talk about it later because it does give both parties a chance to to speak speak their emotional side to the wind to the trees get that out clear up the the energetic grid between us mm -hmm. um, and also think about you know what they really want to convey when they do come back but I I think there's also or there could be a group of people out there who maybe like that makes them uneasy knowing that there's this pending conversation coming up and like it makes them anxious put pressure. Yeah. So what would you what would you say to to people who may experience that? Great thing, and I want to touch on something else that you mentioned that is important. That when you do split off, so to say, whether it's yourself being emotional or the other person, you know, we mention this all the time, but I did want to reiterate it that. 
go say it out loud on a walk or a drive. Uh, you know, speak it to the wind, the sky, the trees, to Mother Earth. But get it off your chest the way that it was initially initiated in your being. If it means yelling, if it means being mad, angry, sad, whatever it is. So you have the right to have the experience that was created. Just the, the what I ask is not take it out on another human being, but get it out. It's very, very important. And then this is part of the answer to your question. Normally that impending fear of that conversation can be because they're possibly afraid of exploding. They're afraid of what they might really say. They're afraid of what the other person might say. Or even discovering more feelings within themselves. Yes, within themselves. And so, so you know, this is a big key for, for people that are avoiding any kind of, like, conflict is go through your worst-case scenario of what you really want to say as harsh as you want to say it. And if it's bringing up something from your past and realize that and work on releasing and forgiving uh, the people that played those roles as well. Because remember, you know, in the great book uh, said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And we've had a whole podcast on the roles that people play in our lives as well. So this is a way to work towards that um, that highest vibration of love or unconditional love. Uh, but part of that is emotional release. And so if a person, you know, does go through that emotional release, maybe they're fearful and they need to say that out loud that I'm fearful of this conversation. I'm afraid of what it may bring up. I'm afraid of what it may reveal, you know, to go through that, uh, to say that out loud is very, very important to get rid of that vibration. And then that person that is dreading that conflict uh, to, you know, to look within and see, you know, why what or why are they afraid of something else being revealed? Uh, is this from secretive type of actions? Is it from insecurity? You know, it's still probably going to boil down to some kind of self-judgment that was trained by that person early in life. So once again, it's just been an opportunity that has been created for a person to grow uh, through themselves. And so whether a person is looking forward to that next conversation or dreading it, the techniques are very, very similar. You should still go like uh, get off your chest what you really wanted to say in that instant um, either way and make sure that the vessel is as empty as it can be so that you can just share the information rather than it being connected to emotions. So you've brought up uh, triggers or past traumas that other people may have experienced in, within their life. If you're discussing or having a conversation with like a family member or somebody you're in a relationship with, you probably know them very intimately and you know like where their raw spots are, so to say. Mm -hmm. So how important it is that we navigate through that you know, if, if we're trying to consciously communicate, we're trying to say, get our point across, say what we need to say in a very elegant way and not set them off, <laughs> how important is it for us to navigate that? I mean, it's, it's imperative, really, because once you, you know, set someone off, um, there's no more conscious communication happening. You may get to a point of being able to talk. But there's no receiving because as long if somebody feels attacked or judged, they're not going to receive. And so 
Uh, once again, if the person's looking to avoid conflict, sometimes they'll just sit through some talking and maybe even participate a little bit, but they're not receiving anything and they're not truly giving. So whether a person shuts down verbally or keeps talking, there's no receiving happening as soon as the emotions are activated. And that, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, that pattern is probably going to continue to happen until the person that has the emotional reaction chooses to train themselves to not react in that way. And that is a self-choice from my perspective. That does not give anybody the right to go talk to anyone the way that they want to, and negatively, I'm not promoting that. I'm being very realistic in this, that in this day and age, it's not likely that you're just going to walk out every day and not have a negative interaction with some other human being. So the point is, is that we want to be able to hold our vibration, not just reach certain vibrations. That's what some people has done with drugs and alcohol and many different uh, products. And then some people get into meditation or yoga or things that are even healthy and are able to reach certain uh, states. Even runners can get what's called a runner's high. But, you know, what is the point, questionably, if you're not able to maintain it, if you're not able to hold it? And so all of these techniques in the just philosophy is how to get it, but then more importantly, how to maintain it. And I would rather allow anyone on the planet to be right about any subject personally than give away my energy toward it. Because if the person's willing to see a different view, that happens easily, not with friction. It happens easily. Because the other person chooses that. <laughs> and if they don't choose that, and then you try to force them to see it, it's very, very, very few times that that is going to work out in that way. So as soon as the friction arises, there's no need to continue. So, you know, this, especially when two strong people come together, they can, it can be very challenging. And... You know, sometimes uh, strong people look for weaker type partners or follower partners. And then some people that are strong people look for other strength uh, in their partners. And so both have their benefits and both have their costs. Um, so, so, you know, both parties at any stage being able to recognize, hey, do I really want to communicate with this person or do I just want to speak my truth and just be done with it? Those are two very different approaches, very different intentions. Because if you really want to communicate, then you really care how they receive. You really care what they've been through in their life. You really care what they're dealing with right now in their life. And all of those variables are things that even if they don't tell you point blank, you can hear in their little stories that they tell about how their day is going or how often they bring up their mother or father. Or There's many like clues. Everybody doesn't just walk up and say, hey, let me tell you all my stuff so that you know how to talk with me. But, you know, another thing that I want to mention, another skill is pay attention to the person's eyes. Because many times when the eyebrows go down, they're resisting something that you've said. When the eyebrows are up, they are receiving so pay attention to that, that if you're talking and somebody's eyebrows twitch down or they twitch and they hold them, they're more than likely resisting what you're saying and wrap up what you're saying. But don't keep talking to something that's being resisted. But if the eyebrows are up and there, there's a head nodding going on why the eyebrows are up, then that's, a, that's normally a sign of very deep receiving, very deep receiving. So see, once again, you leave your preference of 
what you want to give them at the door at just with intention. And then you allow the natural flow of the conversation while being considerate at every step of the way because you want them to hear you. You want them to feel you. And otherwise, you have the right to just speak your truth and not carry on a conversation with anyone as well and leave your environment. So it just comes down to, yes, what level of communication someone's really looking for. But understand that conscious communication uh, can take a lot of effort in the beginning. But the more that two people work on that, it turns into effortless to where it's completely intuitional and you don't even have to use words and you just use a look across a room. And that's what I've been uh, fortunate enough to experience for years having connections like that. So, but that has developed it. It it can happen from time to time when you meet somebody new and you feel like you're on this same wavelength. But if it's not worked on and developed together, it normally doesn't stick around. Um, But we do have those glimpses of beautiful things like that with people when we first meet them. You mentioned being honest with yourself in your intentions. So if it's like, if you're just here to really speak your truth and be honest with yourself and know that like chances are you're going to trigger somebody in that instance. Sure. Um, So let's bring in like being authentic here. And maybe you can talk about what the differences are, because some people think that being authentic is just to, you know, say what you need to say the way you want to say it. And, and not, you know, if somebody else is triggered, then that's not on them. And so that's not really what we're talking about here. We want to be authentic, but also be considerate, right? Compassion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it could be viewed as a lack of compassion, that way of looking at it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's just a, a vibration that doesn't resonate with me. But I know there are certain people out there. And so I happen to feel that you can be real and be authentic and still be selective with, like, um, your clothes or be selective with your words. And, like, I don't feel, I mean, I guess some people could say that, you know, wearing clothes is non-authentic because it's considerate of other people. Well, (laughs) why don't you just run around naked all the time then? Um, So it's very similar, you know, with a, a former teacher that I had lived by those very similar rules. And he loved um, poking people and getting them to react. And it was a game to him. And I just chose for him to teach me what not to do. And that type of, um, there's a necessity for that. You know, I happen to feel that there's a necessity for everything that exists. And consciousness is about choosing the role that you want to play. But it's also about not judging others for the roles that they are playing. And Jesus and every great way shower that that I've studied anyway, which has been a lot of them, um, that's a similarity that they carried is they had their individuality. They had their thing that they were doing, but they didn't judge and um, ridicule other people's ways. Um, so, So that is, you know, once again, it comes back to the ego and whether a person is neither needing to be heard or they want to be received. And those are two different actions. So those people that uh, come from that standpoint normally are coming from a need of needing to be heard. And they're not up for discussion. Um, And that can come two different ways of they don't have the ability to back up what they're talking about. Or maybe they have lived a long enough tenure where they go, no, I just don't need to explain myself anymore. So I'm not saying that that technique is a negative technique. It just doesn't normally build very intimate relationships. 
And so it comes back down to what kind of relationships are you looking to nurture? And if it is just so-called just being real, then you're going to have a handful of people that want to be around you and they appreciate being real and you talk to each other however you talk and nobody takes anything personal. And that can be like a good environment. But my question is still, where's the vulnerability? Mm -hmm, Uh, Where's the depth, the intimacy? It's safer. It's surface and it's safer. So, um, so of course, we discuss about more intimate connections and uh, developing those more type of intimate connections, but nothing wrong with that other technique. So bringing it back to the original question, which was, what does a conversation between two people practicing conscious communication look like? I think we, we've covered what the tools and, and other aspects of that, if both people had and what, how it would flow. But what about a conversation with one person practicing conscious communication and one person not, is there a way that, or, or how do we go about uh, making a conversation successful in that aspect? Like what responsibilities do we need to take on? You know, how do we like kind of um, control the flow to make uh, a conversation successful? Well, you know, I happen to, to choose that if I'm in an environment that an emotional reaction happens, then I do see that I carry a large amount of responsibility because I have a saying and a belief that if you think you know more than someone else in the room or everyone else in the room, then congratulations, you carry more responsibility. This doesn't mean that I think I'm the smartest person in the room. It just means that I have studied relationships for almost 25 years And how those relationships affect us on our physical level, our energetic level, emotional level, all of the five levels. And so because that has been a main focus of mine, I choose to carry more responsibility. And I like to say that anyone that is working on themselves carries more responsibility than somebody that's not. And always prepare for the people that aren't entertained on working on themselves playing the role of protagonist or to try to flip those switches, so to say. We need them to practice. So the main point about somebody working with conscious communication with someone that's not interested in it at all is mainly to practice and to work with how to get in and out of conversations without being emotionally charged. And you're probably going to fail a lot. And that's why some of these more surface level um, relationships are so useful. Like at work, somebody might say something to upset you and then just walk off. See, that's such a gift because now you can sit for the next uh, few minutes or hours or whatever, however long it takes, and reflect on why did I give my power away? Why did I let what Jim, the wise wise, why did I let what Jim said affect me so much? See, get off of Jim and get into why did I allow this to affect me? Oh, when he spoke to me, it reminded me of how my brother spoke to me growing up and how he belittled me. See, then I can go to Jim mentally and energetically and go, thank you, Jim. You just helped show me that I've still got some healing to do from the past. But this is really an issue with my brother, not with Jim. He's just being the teacher here today. So that's how to utilize every interaction with another person when you're looking to do self-development. Because the why is always, why am I allowing this to affect me this way? And there's always an answer. 
There may not be an immediate answer, but you may need to sit with it in meditation and contemplation. Ask it out loud a hundred times. Because if you're truly interested in discovering that and healing that, it will be revealed. And everyone can be your teacher in every situation can be a lesson. And then finally, Alexander, wrapping it up, um, earlier you mentioned two people when there's an emotional reaction, it's best to come together and say, hey, you know, we're emoting here, so let's take some time and think about it and come back together. Um, I've kind of uh, thought that it might be cool or fun (laughs) that, you know, especially in like a romantic uh, relationship to have like a safe word. Mm -hmm. So you're not kind of like saying, oh, you're emoting, you know, and then like triggering them even further to just have a funny word that you that maybe you you call it or just a funny word in general to sure. point out. I mean, I think that's a, a a good technique and it helps people to not take things as personal and you know, normally that word uh, necessarily can't be agreed upon in the moment of friction. So normally that's something that needs to be set up ahead of time mm-hmm. very similar to hey, can we agree to not talk when emotions uh, get involved? You know, if that's an agreement, yes, then, okay, can we come up with a word that we can mention uh, so that both of us knows to make that adjustment? And and I've done this uh, very thing in many different situations. And, and so, yes, finding a word that isn't reactive to either party is very helpful because just pointing out and saying, oh, you're being emotional, you need to go take time, that doesn't work. There has to be whoever recognizes the emotion is best to initiate it in as loving of a way as possible and with as few words as possible uh, to get in and out of that as quickly as possible. Yes. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, our episode on conscious communication. Hopefully everybody out there can grow their relationships, stay neutral and loving. Mm. Sounds good. So now let's stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness with Alexander's new drum.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.